Join Hakan Ivry, a school run by the nest, on a mystical journey to a deeper dimension of Yahweh, his character and his heartbeat. This year we will journey into the chamber of the Hebrew language and unlock the mystery surrounding the living letters. We will engage with the mystical insights of weekly Torah portions and the feasts of Yahweh. Experience the heartbeat of Yahweh for you through your birth Torah portion and in this intimate chamber reconnect with the scrolls of your life. Together we will engage the mystery surrounding Israel and discover your identity and inheritance through the 12 tribes of Israel. There are two 45-minute sessions each week on a Wednesday and a Friday and one 30-minute Parsha session every Saturday. All sessions are recorded and can be viewed at any time after the day they are published to the site. For this year's intake only, prices have been dropped by $200. There's only a small window to take advantage of the special offer. Registration close on 31 August 2020. Classes commence first week of September 2020. For more information, visit www.thefoundationnest.com and visit the Hakan Ivry tab. We look forward to welcoming you to Hakan Ivry. Welcome guys to Origin Gate's weekly podcast called Wisdom's Echo. This is Stephen McKee and today I want to talk about the fear of the Lord. Um, I was always so interested in revival and I know, we know um, that God is going to do something far greater than, than revival and the word revival is not adequate to explain what God's about to do on the earth. But at the same time, we can learn from the past. We can learn from the saints of old. Just like we learn from the saints in the Bible, we can learn from the saints of old and revival or the Celtic saints or wherever. But I just love reading stories about the fear of the Lord because this past few years that I've been traveling a lot to the Isle of Lewis, six times actually in the past year. And partly, well not partly, all of it was because the Lord showed me to go. He gave me a dream. He gave a friend a dream, another friend heard an audible voice saying, tell Stevie to go north and specifically the Hebrides. And this whole teaching really came out of, and this is just a taster, but this whole um, theme of the fear of God came out of me traveling up to the Isle of Lewis to the Hebrides. Because in, in the Hebrides, if you don't know about it, in the 1948, 49, 50, round about there, there was a mighty, mighty revival. And, and really one of the, the central aspects of that revival was the fear of God coming to whole communities. Like the first night actually where, I mean, I don't know if you can say the first night because God began to move in different ways at different times. But one of the most major um, impacts when it first really uh, exploded into the community happened at 11 o'clock at night, maybe midnight, when the fear of God actually came to a whole region and seven, eight hundred people round about there run to the church in Barvis, which is a small, small village, very small, and seven, eight hundred people gathered outside at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, I think it was December time, November, December, 
running about there, but it was winter. And if you've ever been to the Isle of Lowth, it is crazy cold, wet, damp. It is not good conditions to be standing or, or rolling about the ground, on the ground, crying out to God for mercy on the grass, in the fields. Why did that happen? Because the fear of God came. And you know, since reading about all these things, when I was growing up, I grew up in a church that came out of the Welsh Revival. And reading about all these things just made me really hungry to know what was it that happened then. Because when we do evangelism now, it's usually very, it's maybe giving someone a hug or maybe giving someone a spiritual reading or a dream interpretation. Do you know what? What we're about to move into is not just giving people hugs, although we always need to show love and give hugs. And right now, because we're all quarantined, a wee hug would be good. But that is not, <laughs> that's not going to win cities and villages to the Lord. Our, um, ideas about evangelism have to change because we need to incorporate the fear of the Lord into this, the conviction of sin again, where we just speak one word and people tremble. Like George Whitfield, who's one of my favourite preachers, he just would speak and people could hear his voice for a mile and a half away. A mile and a half. He was like an oracle speaking the words that were anointed. He had unction from heaven, the saints of old called it. And a mile and a half away, they would hear his voice. And not just hear his voice, they'd be trembling and shouting and screaming to God for mercy. And this was outside in fields because the church did not accept most of these guys, like George Whitfield or, or Charles Wesley and John Wesley. They, were, they had to go outside the church system of their day because they were not accepted. And a lot of what's going to happen in these days is going to be very similar. We're not going to be accepted. But I just want to quickly give a, I'll just read this little story. And if you're from America or wherever, you might be aware of this story, but I just love it. And it's Maria Woodworth Etter. And it's just a, a little paragraph talking about when the, the fear of God actually came to a whole city. And it says this, the power of the Lord, like a wind, swept all over the city, up one street and down another, sweeping through the places of business, the workshops, saloons and dives, arresting sinners of all classes. The scriptures were fulfilled, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. Men, women and children were struck down in their homes, in their places of business, on the highways and lay as dead. They had wonderful visions and rose up converted, giving glory to God. When they told what they had been what they had seen, their faces shone like angels. The fear of God fell upon the city. The police said that they never saw such a change, and they had nothing to do with it. The fear of God fell upon the whole city. The, the Spirit of God swept down one street and up another. People were in trances. They fell to the ground. Do you know, even people who mocked Maria Woodworth Etta would sometimes come to the meeting to mock her and they would fall into a trance and be in a terrible state. A terrible state. And what is that? That was the fear of God coming. You see, the fear of God, first of all, awakens the person to realise of the awesomeness and that's a, a really really horrible word in a sense because it does not explain God, Yahweh, the, the vastness, the awesomeness, the glory, the authority, the ultimate power
power source, the the one who is he he's not even compared to the universe, which is millions or even billions of light years across, billions, trillions maybe. I'm not a scientist, but the universe cannot even sit in the palm of his hand, and this God would reveal himself to men and women and children, and they would be stricken down. And you know, we need the fear of God in our day, especially in evangelism, because a few... Um, Months ago, there was a new pa uh, a new law passed in Ireland, like it has in many places of the world for some reason in recent days. And this new law was so that women could get abortions right up until birth. And in a newspaper article, there was this picture, um, a photograph of all these people rejoicing at this new law being passed, that they had won a victory. They were celebrating, they were shouting, they were laughing, they were smiling, they were rejoicing, they were hugging. And they were rejoicing that that we can now kill babies just before it comes out of its mother's womb. Do you know, our evangelism now, we would go up to a people like that, a group like that, and we would just try and convince them that they're wrong, that that's immoral, that that is just cruel, that that is evil. Whatever way we would, some people are good at persuading more than others, but I tell you what, you could go up to a, a liberal group like that, and you could never convince them that that's wrong, ever. But I tell you what, when the fear of God comes, the fear of the Lord comes. You would not need to try and convince them. They would be shouting out to you. They would be crying out to you from the depth of their being. What must I do to be saved? Even in the Lewis revival, they were shouting out, Hell is too good for me. And it's not so that we can see people going to hell and all of that. Of course not. But truly, the fear of God is like the other side of the love of God. It's the other side of the coin. Why? Because the fear of God will shake somebody so fundamentally to the very depths and core of their being that they would cry out to God to be forgiven and saved then they can enter into the forgiveness and love and goodness of God because they can experience him because suddenly they believe in him suddenly they're aware of his laws suddenly they're aware that murder is still murder suddenly they're aware that that is against who God is that he is one who brings life he is good, he is merciful, but he is also severe. We need to begin seeing the goodness and severity of God being released. Why? Because sometimes it's the severity of God that leads someone to repentance. Yeah, the goodness of God leads to repentance, absolutely. But sometimes his severity is his goodness. Sometimes the conviction of sin, that fear of God coming, is the goodness of God. Because it's the only language people can understand sometimes. A lot of times God will move like the woman at the well, like the woman caught in adultery, and it's mercy, and it's God's goodness, like the Welsh revival, it was the love of God, it was the goodness of God many times, but sometimes it has to be the fear of the Lord, because when that shakes you to the very core of your being, when that grabs a hold of you, that person is never going to be the same. If the fear of God fell upon that crowd, in Ireland or in, it could be anywhere in the world because well, well, the same laws were passed in, was it New York? Like, and they're trying to pass all these laws throughout the planet. There's a hidden agenda behind the scenes trying to bring in all sorts of liberal laws. 
we cannot function as we used to. We cannot just have nice little evangelistic stalls where we hand out tracks. It impacts maybe one or two, and that's amazing. I'm not mocking that, and I'm not mocking the people who do that because that that's a beautiful. They've got beautiful hearts and they've got a motive to win people to Christ, and that's all amazing. But it's not going to change the nations. It's not going to change cities. It's not going to change the liberal agenda. Only the fear of God coming again upon us as we preached as or as we preach as oracles like George Whitfield or Charles Finney. Charles Finney, he said he had to whisper because even as he preached the very sweetest sounds of the gospel, people were cut to the heart. They were cut to the very deepest part of their being. Like Peter on the day of Pentecost, it wasn't a nice wee word and like, um, just put up your hand, just come forward and we'll give you a wee booklet. No, they were cut to the heart when Peter Peter preached the fear of God was there, the conviction of sin was there, the spirit of truth was there. And these 3,000 people, it says, were cut to the heart. And they did not wait to put up their hand or come forward. They were crying out to Peter, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? <coughs> and... And it's not just for salvation and evangelism that we need the fear of God. Let me just read quickly Psalm 34, verse 7 to 14. And this is for us, the saints. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Do you need delivered? Then we need the fear of the Lord. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The goodness of God flows from the fear of God. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. If you need anything, there is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, and listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And pursue it. What a what a what promises for those who fear the God you will not want, you will not lack. If you desire life and not death and not plagues and not viruses, fear God. Proverbs 2 verse 3 to 5 says, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Do you know my greatest desire for me, my greatest desire for you, is if we um, understand the fear of the Lord, it will lead us to the knowledge of God. Not knowledge about God. You see, we've got lots of Bible schools and seminaries and seminars and, and teaching skills and Bible skills where we have a lot of knowledge about God. But if we desire the fear of God and we begin to fear him like the saints of old, it will lead us to the knowledge of God. Not knowledge about God. The knowledge of God. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. 
And you know, you're listening to this podcast, it's not by chance. Just desire to fear God. Ask him, what does that even mean, Lord? How do we fear you? Go through the scriptures and find all the scriptures about the fear of God and desire them and meditate on them. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, this is um, Origin Gate, and this is the weekly podcast, Wisdom's Echo. Friends, desire to fear the Lord.